Here it is, everybody. The podcast I've been waiting to do since I started this podcast. Super stoked about this one. This is the Babacoa Core podcast. I am your host, Patrick C. Huerta. Uh, we're just chewing the fat, chopping it up. Uh, these episodes are uncensored. They're unedited. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast uh, on whichever platform you, you, you use uh, to listen to podcasts. Uh, you could follow the Instagram page uh, at Babacoa Core Podcast. That is where I post and repost uh, whatever the guests and friends of the podcast have going on. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I uh, just want to give a couple shout-outs real quick, uh, friends of the podcast. Um, like always, shout-out to uh, my CBDB. Uh, CBDB, they are a the Texas Hemp Botanical Alternative Boutique and pop-up shop for all your CBD needs. Uh, follow them on Instagram at MyCBDB or check out their website, uh, www.MyCBDB.com. Uh, on that website, use promo code TXMC. And that will give you 15% off of uh, whatever items that you purchase from the website. Uh, again, that's at mycbdb.com. Uh, per, uh, promo code TXMC to get you 15% um, off your purchases from the website. Or follow them, follow them on Instagram and find out where they're going to be posted up at. And, uh, and talk to the guys. Ask them any questions that you have about CBD. Um, they're they're very very uh, educated on these on their products and um, all the items that they uh, distribute. Uh, whether they're in, uh, you're in San Antonio, Houston, Austin, uh, they're branching out. Uh, so follow them on Instagram or check out their website uh, mycbdb.com. Use promo code TXMC to get you fifteen percent off uh, your items purchased through the website. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Ugly Head. Uh, Ugly Head let, lets us use the intro or the music for the intro and outro of uh, this and every episode. Uh, so I just want to give them a, a say thank you and give them a shout out. Um, Ugly Head has a new EP out. Um, uh, it's called the Disembodied EP. Uh, it's available for digital pre-order uh, for five dollars. Uh, you can get that at www.uglyhead.bandcamp.com backslash album backslash disembodied. Uh, again, uh, shout out to Ugly Head and shout out to CBDB um, and support them because they uh, support the podcast. And I just want to say thank you for that. Now let's get to the episode. It's a special one. Uh, I had uh, Rob Chavez of Rob's Metalworks on this podcast um, was huge for me. Rob's Metalworks, there's a San Antonio's longest standing metal institution. Uh, and on Rob's Metalworks, he interviews, he, he, he uh, conducts interviews with metal and rock's biggest and most uh, influential names. Um, they have a YouTube channel. Uh, they're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you know them. Uh, you follow Rob's Metalworks, I'm sure. Uh, so it was an honor 
to have uh, Rob Chavez and his crew come in uh, to the Babacoa Core Podcast Studios and uh, to do this episode. Uh, we talked a lot of shit. Uh, we, we went through the whole history of Rob's Metalworks, uh, present and uh, future plans for Rob's Metalworks. Uh, super stoked. Uh, nice, nice guy. Uh, his crew was very nice, too. Uh, we even hung out after the fact. We, we stopped recording, and, and we hung out and shot the shit even more. Um, and I, I appreciate him coming on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, check out uh, Rob's Metalworks on YouTube. Uh, that'll be youtube.com backslash Rob's Metalworks. Uh, Facebook, Rob's Metalworks. Uh, Instagram, at Rob, Rob's underscore Metalworks. Uh, and he's on Twitter too, I think, but I don't think he uses that too much. Um, but you already know who I'm talking about. Uh, you probably already follow them, uh, and if you don't, uh, you should. Um, so yes, super excited. We've had a couple beers. I don't know if you could tell, uh, but th this episode was a great one, um, and it, it meant a lot to me to have Rob uh, come on the podcast. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, Let's get into it, man. Here's the episode. Thanks for listening. All right, we are rolling. Uh, what is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out a new episode of the Babacoa Core podcast. Uh, today is a special one. Uh, on this episode, I'm getting getting the chance to sit down with uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Rob Chavez of Rob's Metalworks. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, Pat, for having me on the program. Uh, great honor to be here with you uh, in this lovely uh, abode. It's a nice setup, man. I, I fake it till I make it. It looks legit. But I don't even live here, actually. I'm just kidding. I snuck in here to set up. <laughs> so if we get kicked out, we got we to gotta wrap it up real quick. Uh, but cool, man. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, I didn't tell you this before we started recording because I wanted to get into it. Uh, so it'll be the first time you hear it. But this podcast, in a way, was started because of my influence with what you did with Rob's Metalworks. Wow. That's a huge honor. Thank you for saying that. So Rob's Metalworks, you started back like in 97, right? Actually, 1996, because Time Warner um, Public Access said, Rob, uh, in order to begin your program, you have to submit four episodes in advance. Uh-huh. So I had to submit four hours of content before we could get started. Okay. Obviously, four hours of content is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I decided to begin compiling that content mm -hmm. in 96, and uh, I did that for a whole year, and, and then I could put together the four episodes and kind of have really like a jump start. Yeah. Yeah, so really 1996. 96. So uh, we were already doing interviews, we were out there on the scene, videotaping bands, um, I was building my network within the industry. And then in June of '97, our first episode aired. Yeah. Uh, who was your Who was your first? The first few interviews that you did. Oh gosh. Um, whew. Uh, it was. It, it started regionally. You know, here in the city, 
uh, in San Antonio interviewing bands like Byfist, uh, Las Cruces, um, you know, local bands at that time who were active in the scene. And then eventually we started kind of branching out and doing bands outside of San Antonio and then eventually the national bands. But, you know, it's been so long. Those are really like the two bands that come uh, to mind at this time. Yeah. But there were many, many more because, you know, and I mentioned those two bands because those two bands are still around. Yeah. Uh, there were so many bands that we interviewed who have demised and, 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 and gone their own way and uh, who, who don't come to mind anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But we were adamant supporters of getting uh, the San Antonio music scene and the musicians in the music scene uh, that recognition. Mm-hmm. So how, how I mentioned that the podcast kind of was started by the influence of you, uh, I, I picked up the show immediately. That was around the time I was like a freshman in high school. So seeing that stuff, and we were all band nerds. We were marching band. And what stuff. high school did you go to? Burbank. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Burbank. Is that a problem? Do we got to No, is that, <laughs> is that considered Southside? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Southside. My girl and I were talking earlier, and I'm gonna, uh, let me, let me, I want this to be a, a, a celebration of stories because there's many great stories that kind of influenced Rob's. And, and back in the early days of Rob's, when, when really we started taking off, um, I actually used to put my, this of course before social media and before, yeah. before even before texting. Yeah. So really the only communication that people had was email mm-hmm. or phone numbers calling you. Yeah. I used to put my phone number at the end, ending credits of our show. Yeah. And I would encourage people to call us after you watch the episode, call us. Mm-hmm. So like 1130 or 12 o'clock at night, my phone would be going off, yeah. ringing, ringing, ringing. Now, I have a marketing background. So when people would call, you know, I'd let them rant. <laughs> They would talk about, oh, I love this. I hated this. I love this. I love this. And then at the end of the conversation, they say, okay, hey, brother, thank you for supporting. Wait, you were actually answering the phone? Yes, like, you yes. You didn't to a voicemail? Or no. You I didn't would put like answer a, a the burner phone? Or you fuck didn't have, no. You used your real phone number? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how, was, how fast did you regret that after the fact? <laughs> I, I, actually, but I actually did not regret it because I used it yeah. as a marketing tool because at the end of the conversation, I would say, hey, brother, thank you, okay. What's your name? Yeah. What's your address? And what's your email address? Mm-hmm. So I would gather this data, and over a while, I had compiled a huge database mm-hmm. of people who actually were tuning in weekly yeah, yeah. to Rob's. And after I had compiled a, a good database, I did an analysis, and about 80% of these people. We're from the south side. Yeah, man. It was huge. It was huge. In fact, like I thought when, when I got, got uh, you know, hip to the show, I thought it was already going on for a long time because it seemed like everybody was talking about it. You know, every Monday we would talk about, you know, did you catch Rob's Metalworks? Did you see this new band? You know, it was pretty badass. And you would show videos, videos that you couldn't find on MTV. Yeah. So you're introducing us like to, to new music, new yeah. to us, you know. 
So that was that was awesome. We would just nerd out and we would like record it and stuff. Uh, well, I never made a phone call. That would have been funny if I did. Uh, but yeah, uh, but going off of that, so I I joined up with a, a local e-zine uh, in 2000 called uh, samusicscene.net, and I've told this story many yes, times. Yes, yes, I know those peeps. And I'll probably I'll, are those my bastard children. I don't know, but I mean they they were doing like the whole local scene, promoting the local scene. Who, and who stuff. were those people? Do you remember? I I know that the main person was Jessica. I don't know her last name and stuff. But we pretty, we communicated all through online and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. didn't know each other. Or we we didn't meet them until, or I didn't meet them until after I was already writing for them. Right. You know, uh, and I got that gig by talking shit about somebody who was doing music reviews because I would do music reviews, uh, live show reviews. And I try my best to do interviews. Interviews were, were hard to book, even for local acts. Yeah. For me at that time. Yeah. Uh, I did do one national act. I got to meet up with uh, the guys of Norma Jean yeah. uh, twice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, they were one of my favorite bands. Um, but it, the reason I wanted to get into it was because of the, the things that I saw on, on Rob's Metalworks. You know, I, oh, I could do this, you know. But Rob can do it. I can do it. But I was <laughs> wrong, man. It was hard. I mean, I still did, like, the... the, the the CD reviews and stuff, you know, people yeah. would send me CDs, you know, and uh, and that was fun. But doing the interviews, the interviews were hard. Like nobody really wanted to meet up because nobody knew who I was, and most of the interviews were were through uh, email. So I was like, man, how does this guy keep doing it? And I was, just, I just thought, like, oh man, maybe like people just know who he is. Like, were you, I'm just ran, rambling now, but were you in the music scene before you started Rob's Metalworks, and so you already had that connection to start Rob's Metalworks, or how did it all start in the beginning? That's the thing, Pat, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll give you some professional words of advice, some, some on-air and some off-air. First of all, uh, you know, this industry is about relationships. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's about integrity, mm-hmm. okay? And obviously, and, and thirdly, what was most important to me since the inception of Rob's, was to keep it professional and to keep it at high level, okay? Um, I was always a music fan. You know, I am born and raised in this town, Mm -hmm. and I've always lived in San Antonio except for the four years that I did my undergraduate degree in Waco. I'm a Baylor alum, Mm -hmm. and so I left... San Antonio in 1989, already a huge metal fan. You know, you ever see pictures of me in high school and I'm wearing a, a cut-off heavy metal T-shirt and I used to have, like, long, frizzy hair. Uh, I was not... I was a lot skinnier, too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only good thing about me. Um, but I went and did my business in Waco, and when I came back, I had a marketing degree, and I wanted to take what I had learned in promotion and marketing Mm -hmm. and in relationship building uh, into the music scene. And what I was seeing on public access was just, you know, some, some dumbos, you know, smoking weed. There was a lot of weird shows. Yeah. Smoking weed and, 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 you know, say, Oh, fucking cannibal corpse, bloody blah. And, you know, there was no real content behind Mm -hmm. the delivery there was no really respect for the musicianship. It was just about, let's just be the stereotypical dummy, you know, stoner, metalhead. And that's not who I was, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew there was a lot of people like me out there. And I said, I can do it better. And I can do it uh, masterfully. And, you know, we can really build something. So that was always, first and foremost, my goal. And, you know, what I learned, because I have business degrees. And one of the things that you always learn in business is that, you know, you talk about customer service and relationships and, you know, there's a lot of weird people in our music scene. Yeah. Uh, some good and, and, and who can really understand my point of view and where I'm coming from. And then there's just some numbnuts who don't get it. And that's okay. But at the end of the day, I think more people understood what Rob's was and what we were trying to accomplish. And people connected with it. Mm-hmm. People said, this guy is just trying to help mm-hmm. us. And he's doing it in a good way. Let's give him everything that he needs, everything that he wants. Yeah. Now, you as a young guy starting out in, in this medium, you're, you're, you're saying, Rob, I'm encountering some challenges. You know, not everybody's coming to the table, mm-hmm. whatnot. It was the same for me, bro, in the beginning. Yeah. Okay, so don't lose faith in what you're doing. The point is, is that if you continue to do the right thing the right way and eventually as you build your repertoire and the longer that you stay committed to your passion, people will begin to understand and see Mm -hmm. and you will build your legitimacy and your reputation and then people will start coming to the table. Yeah. But it takes time. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people who expect, you know, we live, we live in a, a generation of instant gratification. So fast. Yeah. yeah. And some, some of the millennials and the ex-genders just don't fucking get it. Yeah. It takes work. Let me tell you a quick story. Can I, can I, can I uh, humble you with another quick story? No, please. One time, I was at uh, the guillotine. Mm-hmm. And at that time that I was there, it was called S.A. Sanctuary. Yeah. Right? Remember, it was called, or Sanctuary, the sanctuary. sanctuary. yeah. And I was there uh, with my crew. We were drinking at the bar. And the guitar player from God Forbid, Doc Coyle, was with us. Mm-hmm. They were playing that night. And he's a good friend of mine. We were there drinking, having a good old time. This guy, this young kid, Mexicano, he was kind of buzzed out, I could tell. He comes up to me. He says, are you Rob? I said, yeah. He says, dude, I want to let you know to your face that I'm going to do a show, and it's going to be better than yours. It's going to leave you in the dust, bro. Our show is going to be way better than what you do. We're going to support real metal and... And so on and so forth. And I just sat there and I let him chastise me. And when he was finally done, I said, bro, do it. I hope you do it. I hope you're better than me. Yeah. I really do. And while he was looking for a confrontation with me, I diffused him. Yeah. Quickly. Like that. And he he just stood there and he didn't expect that kind of response from me. Yeah. And he just walked away. And, of course, I never saw him do shit. But that's insane. Like, why would he feel the need to do that? Like, he, was, he must have been, like, a really young kid. 
you know, there's, there's, people, there's people in the metal scene, in all scenes, should I say, in the art world, in, oh, yeah. in, 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 in the metal world, in the musician world, uh, it's so competitive, you know? Mm. And people want to hate. And in my mind, at my age, the conclusion that I have come to is that people only hate for one reason. Mm-hmm. And that is because they want what you have. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I was there too. Mm-hmm. But I think what, as people get older, they realize that hating gets you nowhere. Yeah. It's it, wasted it, energy. It's, it's just, you know, spend your energy being productive. Yeah. Spend your energy in building relationships and learning from people Mm -hmm. and adopting what you have learned and implementing it in your own way. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you, you know, you don't want to be me. I don't want you to be me. Mm -hmm. But learn from me and take what you can from it or in any art form and adopt it and make it into your own. Yeah. And be better. Yeah. And I have yet, I have yet, uh, to see someone really uh, legitimately that I can say, I want to, pa- when my time is done, mm-hmm. and my time is almost done mm-hmm. after 23 years thus far, that I can say, I want to pass the torch to this fucking dude mm-hmm. because he deserves it. He, he gets it, and he will represent what we're doing in the right way. Mm-hmm. I have yet to meet somebody. I have yet to meet some youngster uh, who, who could fulfill that. Yeah. Were you a musician beforehand when you were younger? Did you, did you do the band thing? <laughs> I was in a band. Yeah. When I was uh, 15 years old. Yeah. We were called the Frontal Lobotomy. The Frontal Lobotomy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> How did that run? Uh, I, I played guitar. Yeah. And we had this little guy named Joe who was a singer. And uh, we were a garage band. You know, we never really did anything. Uh, and uh, it was cool, you know. And uh, I, I love guitar. I still love guitars. Yeah. Like, even though I'm not a, a guitarist and mm. I can't play guitar as well, uh, I still love to collect guitars. Mm. And I used to have a whole horde of them. Uh, but yeah, I did that for a short while and then realized that, you know, musicianship was not what I wanted to do. Very early on, you know, I, I grew up very poor. I grew up in subsidized housing uh, with a single parent. And, you know, it, when I got into high school, I was a, a very good football player. I was sought after football player. Mm-hmm. I was a linebacker. And um, luckily for me, at, at a young age, like I'm talking like 16 I realized, like, okay, I'm not going to be a rock star. I'm not going to be a professional athlete. And how else am I going to get out of the ghetto? Mm. And the only way that I knew that I could get out of the ghetto was by being educated. Mm-hmm. So I quit football. I quit the band. And I focused solely on my education and high, having the highest GPA and, you know, being in all honors classes, that was before AP, and, you know, doing well on standardized exams. And I said, if I can get to the university 
then that's my next step. That's my next goal, mm-hmm. getting to university. And that's what I focused on. And by the grace of God, by the grace of God, mm-hmm. I went from living in the projects to living at the dormitories at Baylor University. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's, the, that's dedication. You know, you, you set your mind to something and, and you accomplished that. Same thing with the show. I mean, you just have that mentality built into you, you know, which is great. Uh, so you only had that one band? Yes, there's that one just band. Just the one band. We weren't that good. Yeah. Thank God. Well, that's what practice is all about, <laughs> man. One of the things that I, re- I, re- I regret, because I would see you around like uh, White Rabbit and stuff when I was like doing the band thing, and I was like, oh, man, I want my band to be on Ross Metalworks. But uh, I was never in a band that was good enough to be on that, you know? Not until I left. You know, I lived in Seattle and joined a couple bands up there. Oh, cool. Uh, but not, never happened here, man. It, it's hard to... It, it's really hard. Like, a lot of bands, like especially like the local bands, they make it seem easy to get, like, the fans and to be, like, that tight and stuff. But a lot of people that I mixed up with, they just like the party aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't like the whole rehearsal thing. And then when it came showtime, oh, it was time to party and stuff. And yeah. we don't sound that good. But, uh... Never made it on uh, Rob's Metal Work. So I said, fuck it. I'll just have him on my show. And here we are. There's guys, <laughs> believe it or not, that, that uh, in the last maybe few years who have been on Rob's. Yeah. And I'm talking about well-accomplished musicians. And I'll share one, one example of that. Just one. Uh, this guy named Nathan Alvarado, who... Initially, when he first started his music career, he was a, a very accomplished cover singer. He was in a, in, a, in a very popular cover band. I can't even remember the name of who they are right now. Nathan Alvarado. And then he crossed over into doing original music. And I remember the first band that he was in was a band called Aperture. And now he sings for a band called Remanon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remanon. Is that how you say it? Re- Remanon? Remanon? Remanon. Oh, yeah. I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. He, he, and he, this guy does all kinds of things. He's a great singer. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, I think maybe three years ago in 2016, Remanon opened a show at the Aztec. And, and uh, I had been talking to him and said, man, you know, I, really, I really love what you guys are doing. I'd love to interview, interview you. This show at the Aztec would be a great opportunity to do that. This is obviously a highlight in your yeah. career. Yeah. So we did the interview, and the first thing he said in our interview, you can look it up on YouTube, the first thing he fucking says is he says, I finally have made it. Yeah. I have finally crossed over. I'm finally on Rob's Metalworks. Yeah, man. And it, to me, that is a huge, a huge, you know, uh, Respect to me, because these guys who have been struggling and working uh, in the music scene for years, mm-hmm. and this guy, he's not a young cat anymore, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, Pat, but we don't do cover bands on Rob's, so if he would have stayed in the cover band world, he would have never been on Rob's, Yeah. so because he had the courage to cross over and, and adamantly uh, be successful uh, in the original music world, 
that opportunity became available. And I really loved, I mean, I, I didn't just do it because I, I know the dude. I did it because Remanon's a kick-ass band. Yeah. And I wanted to share them with people. And we interviewed the whole band. And, but I, remember, I distinctly remember that was the first thing he said. Yeah, man. For, for a lot of us, for a lot of San Antonians, like you were our, our headbangers ball. You know, you were our, our, our what is it, uh, 120 minutes. You know, like that's where we got, you know, that's where we got introduced to a lot of these stuff. So it was a huge accomplishment, you know, and, and you could tell, like, when people say stuff like that, I'm pretty sure he's not the only one to tell you stuff like that. You no, know? Like, no. Being on Rob's Metalworks is, is a huge uh, milestone, and sometimes it's, it's, it's the only thing people want is to be on, on Rob's Metalworks, you know, and everything else is just, well, okay. It goes with the, goes with the territory and stuff, but yeah, they're a good band. Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of those stories, a lot of those guys. Oh like, God, on here because everybody's so stoked. That's how it starts, you know. You welcome them to the show. They're like, no, man, thank you for having us on here, man. You know, you got a lot of respect, and a lot of people like appreciate the show and you. And I think the reason being, and and and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever said this in public. And want and Pat, I promise you tonight that I was going to give you some some gems. Yeah, and, and this is one of them. I've had bands message me and say, how much for an interview, Rob? Mm. Two bills, three bills, how much? How much? Because mm-hmm. we have a new record coming out. We want to talk to you about it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's not how this works. Yeah. We don't do, you know, I've always been a successful person. I don't, I don't need money mm-hmm. um, from Rob's. And I'm like, dude, that's not how it works here. Mm-hmm. If you want to be on Rob's, send us your fucking demo. Mm-hmm. And if I dig it and I like it, then we can go from there. That's and great, I think man. that 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 message has mm-hmm. gotten across the scene and people know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that lends to our integrity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because anybody else, they would have like started making making money off of it, you know. Like, yeah, I'll charge you three hundred bucks and yeah. I'll promote your show, you know, yeah. I'll promote the stuff. But you, you kept it real, you know. If you're if you're a fan of them, then you want to help them out. Yeah, and that's what Rosalind that's was. what I've always been is a music yeah. fan. Yeah, I mean, when I was still at Baylor, like I don't know if you if you remember this, Pat, but if you look at the old Rob's Metalworks picks, the old ones. Like from the early 90s, 90, 90, uh, or maybe like 97 to through 2002, you'll always see me wearing a a New York Yankees hat. Mm -hmm. And that was because I was a huge fan of all the heavy metal that was coming out of New York at that time in the early 90s. Life of Agony and Propane and Typo Negative, Biohazard. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of that stuff. I just loved it. That to me, that was the mecca, especially Life of Agony. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I just always wanted to to promote, and and I was always just a music fan. So there have been several local bands here in town who've just really touched my heart, mm-hmm. and I want to promote them to death. Not even just in San Antonio, all over Texas. Yeah, that I just love. Yeah. And if I love your band, dude, then I will do everything I can to support you and promote you. Yeah, bands like uh, this band in San Antonio that I'm totally in love with called Marilla Vo. Oh God, I love their EP. Came out in in, in late 2018. 
than a band from Corpus called Fall. I loved yeah, I their stuff. Oh, yeah. God, I love their music. I'll do anything I can for those bands because their music touches my soul. And I listen to their music every freaking day. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. And that's, that's, that's where it all stems from. If you're not a fan and you're not making money, you don't do something like Rob's for 23 years. Yeah. So you did, you did have it, like, the first run was, like, that 12-year run on the public asset, yes, access. Yes, yes. And then you, you decided to take a break, you know? What, yep. what was up with that break? What, what, was that a planned thing? Did you just get tired, get burned out? No, no, no. Um, and I'll add on to that uh, piece of information. The first seven of those 12 years on public access, mm-hmm. we never ran a rerun yeah. And we showed an episode every week. So for every, I don't know how many weeks that is, somebody out there calculated. <laughs> how many weeks are in a year? Multiply that times seven. That's how many times a week I was in the editing studio putting something together new. Yeah. And then I would get messages from fans and say, Rob, I missed the episode on Black Label Society. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, you missed it. You missed it. Yeah. Now, remember, that was before social media, before YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you missed it? You missed it. Well, fucking tune in next week, brother. Mm-hmm. And that's also, that was my marketing strategy. That was a marketing strategy. If you want it, you got to catch it You on better Friday fucking tune in <laughs> at 1130 on Friday night. You better be home and watch us. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. That was a marketing strategy. Yeah. And that helped us. But, um... After the, the first seven years, then we, we started doing, they started, they changed my time slot and they gave me like a two hour time slot once a month. Mm. And I called those episodes of Rob's Metalworks Power Hours, which was great because I'm like, okay, I'm still getting the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. We're just doing it in one big dump. Yeah. So it was good too. But yeah, we did the uh, 12 years and... And then I decided to, I made a decision to retire because I was going back to school to start a PhD program. Mm. And uh, at that time, you know, I was married, I had a kid, I was working full time, and I was doing ROBS. And then now I'm adding this PhD program. And I was like, this is too much. I can't do it all. I can't do it all, despite what others thought. I, I, I could not. So I said, I'm going to... Rob's has been successful. Let me lay it down. And it was a cool thing because it was very celebrated. I remember they wrote about it. In the, there's a, there was a huge article in the Express News. Mm-hmm. And they wrote about my retirement. And I was dedicated to go back to school and start this PhD program. And I walked away feeling... I have nothing to be to be sad about or ashamed about or nothing. We we did what we wanted to do and I did it well and now it's just time to move on to other things. Mm-hmm. And that was the plan. Yeah. And that was why I walked away. Mm-hmm. And then what brought on the return? And then uh, the return, which actually was a year and a half later, was because I did a year of the PhD, and then in the fall of 2010, uh, my marriage started falling apart, and uh, I was going to get divorced, and having to deal with a divorce, 
uh, it's a pretty traumatic thing. I'm sure as many people out there can can uh, relate to. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no way that I could go back to school and deal with the divorce at the same time. It was just too much emotionally for me. So I didn't go back. I didn't go back for my second year of the PhD. Mm. And when I didn't go back, there was people like Rick and, and my, my other crew members like, so you're not going back to school. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to bring the show back? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I said, just let the, let the dust settle. Let... Let you know. Uh, let me gain my footing emotionally and financially, and and then let me see where I'm at. And then, in June, in June of 2011, um, a friend of mine at that time uh, and I had scheduled to go to uh, Chicago to go see Alter Bridge at the House of Blues in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Alter Bridge fan. <clears throat> we can get into that later. And uh, <clears throat> one night, we're at my house in the Rob studio. And uh, we're drinking. And he says, you know, we already have our tickets, the hotel, the, and the flights. You know, we're there to check out Alter Bridge in Chicago. And... Uh, he says to me, do you still have your connections with Alter Bridge's publicity or publicist? And I said, yeah, I think I do. And he says, why don't, why don't you just do an interview with Alter Bridge while we're there? Yeah. And I said, well, let me check it out. So I did, and it came to fruition and the very first interview out of retirement was Mark Tremonti at the House of Blues in Chicago. That's insane, man. It's a beautiful thing. So that interview is what kicked it back up. After that, we were back. Yeah. Yep. Was that the first one that you've done outside of Texas? Was the Chicago one? Or have you done more outside? I think that is the first and only. That's the first and only, right? Yeah. That's a huge one, too. Don't get me started on Mark Tremonti. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Tremonti, to me, is a very special individual musician and uh, artist. And, uh, you know, uh, I could share I could share so many distinct stories about even that night. But, uh, yeah, um, it, was, it was amazing that that would be our first interview at the House of Blues in Chicago. Such a historic venue and, mm-hmm. and a city, actually. If you asked me, Rob, what's your favorite city in the United States? I would say Chicago. Yeah. And, I, and, and I, I used to be a consultant, so I've traveled all over the country. And I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, to do it was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, man. I mean, I've only driven, I mean, uh, rode a train through it and got off and got on another train and continued my, my journey. <laughs> Uh, but it was a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful place. Yeah, a lot of culture and a better pizza. Better pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Rob's Metalworks came back, and, and now they got the YouTube channel. Yeah. Was that always the plan to keep it on YouTube, or were you planning to go back on, on public access? No, when, when, when the decision was made to come back, so like after the Tremonti interview, I had the master tapes 
Um, I have a guy who's part of my crew. His name is J.B. Zavala, a very dear friend of mine. He's a, he's a younger cat than I am. And I remember he was still in my uh, deep inner circle. And he was like, Rob, things have changed. You, know, you can't go back to public access. You can't go back to telling people when to watch your show. People want to watch things when they want to fucking watch them. Yeah. We need to go online and, and, and make this a, uh, uh, an online medium for Rob's. So um, I made the decision to say, okay, I agree with you. You're right. And so at that time, we, had, we left Time Warner Cable and uh, decided to strictly go to YouTube. And I think at that time, Facebook was like kind of really just barely taking off. Mm-hmm. Or MySpace was still kind of around. Mm-hmm. But YouTube was our mainstay. And the benefits were, look, now we don't have to maintain a, st- a stringent schedule with Time Warner Cable. Mm-hmm. Secondly... Now everyone around the world will be able to see what Rob's Metalworks is yeah. doing, not just people in San Antonio. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. Like, so is it is it getting bigger? Like, have you noticed? Are you getting more emails from people like all all around the world? Like, from your show, they coming back to you, like getting emails about like different bands or shows that they really like and stuff. Oh God! Like, it has to be huge. Like, you don't give out your number anymore, right? No. <laughs> No, but you know, I, I get I get contacted all the time. Now, from fans, you know, we have like six thousand plus followers on our Facebook, and and you know, I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed to say that probably about half of those people mm-hmm. are people outside of Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, I have people who follow us from California, Florida, New York, the UK. Uh, South America, Australia, mm-hmm. all over the world, people who follow Rob's um, just because they like what we do. And I don't know, maybe they have this hidden tendency to love Texas metal mm. and, and what Texas, you know, the, the mystique of what Texas is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people dig it. So, yeah, I mean, lots of people still... Uh, are, are connected with us all over. And, you know, the world is so convoluted and diverse nowadays because of social media and because of the access to people. You know, I get, I get emails. I, get, I just got an email from this guy who was in one of those bands that, like, lived for a little bit, then died. And now he's, like, in a really popular band and he messaged me. He says, "Rob, can I get that old interview that you did with us back in the day? I really want it. Mm. I still, I can't believe you're still around. I love that you're still around." Um, and I'm like, "Yeah, man." And, and, and oh, by the way, check out our new EP, and hopefully we can interview again. Mm-hmm. You know, so people still have a lot of respect. Musicians still have a lot of respect for what we're doing. Uh, the fans, you know. I get I get emails and messages from them all the time, just all the time. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, you turned me on to this band, you turned me on to that band. What's what's going on with you? Um, and it's it's humbling, and I really I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, through the advent of social media and you know Messenger, you know people can just find me anywhere. And 
and message me and, and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that. I like that, that, you know, and I encourage people to do that. Um, I encourage people to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm going to grab another beer. Are you good on the beer? I, I need, always need another need beer. Need another one? Okay. So let's take a break. We have uh, special guests uh, in, in, the, uh, in the audience. Uh, you want to give them a shout-out real quick? Let them know who they, who they are and what yes, they do? Yes. Um, my longtime videographer, um, Rick Chavez, is here with me tonight. Uh, Rick's been interviewing with me since, boy... I don't know. And we have a special story. But uh, I always tell him, and he's the best. Um, I always tell him, I said, Rick, we could interview James Heffer from Metallica. But if you don't shoot it right, it's for shit. So I always tell Rick at the end of every shoot, and I told him this just the other night when we interviewed Jake E. Lee last Friday. I said, thank you for doing what you do because I'm only as good as you make me look. So thankfully he's there uh, to shoot my stuff and make us look good and, and that the delivery of what I'm doing in front of the camera um, is grand, is grand. I also have with me my, my girlfriend, uh, Jessica Salceda, yeah. uh, who's been with me for the last over two years and has been you know, a, a rock and supporting me. You know, she loves heavy music and she's there and... And, uh, you know, she makes me question some of the things that we do. And, and that's, <laughs> that, you know, that's good because a partner should help you think uh, more intuitively about things that are happening. And, and uh, we always have good times. And uh, I, I appreciate her support because she's my rock and she's always big with me. Yeah. Yeah. She's always with me nowadays. Well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for being here. Y'all need a beer? You all good? A beer? You good? Uh, cool. Uh, you ever think about making this a podcast, making Rob's Metal Worker podcast? Are Rick you... Rick tries to sell me on the idea. Yeah. Um, I really haven't really truly considered it. I mean, our thing. I think people, people. I think people nowadays, and I'll give you a quick example. People nowadays want to see Rob. Mm. Um, I used to have, believe it or not, and I don't know if you know this. I used to have other people do interviews for Rob's Metalworks. I don't think I remember that. No. Yeah, yeah. There was this guy named Michael Jackson who used to do interviews with us, and he did big interviews for us. He did like Opeth, Machine Head, and I would send him and Rick out to go do the interviews. I would set it all wow. up and then send them out to go do it. Um, there was another young lady named Agnes Denvir who used to handle a lot of our European stuff, and I would send her out, or I would go with her except she would be in front of the camera and I would be videotaping. Uh, there was a time where I thought, I think people are just getting sick of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're getting sick of seeing me yeah. on Rob's Monarchs. Obviously, you know, Rob's Monarchs is the name of the show, but still, you know, I'm, you know, I don't have to be the whole fucking, you know, face of the show all the fucking time. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And I understand that. So I tried to get other people involved. But you got to understand, like, you are the character of the show. Like, you are, are uh, genuinely excited to be talking to the people that you're talking to. And you see that in your actions. And maybe it might be the alcohol talking to. But, I mean, you get, like, really stoked about, like, the people that you're, you're, you're talking to. And I think that's a big part of the show. That's a big aspect of the show as well. So you have to be the host. I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's Rob's Metalworks, but, you know, where's Rob? 
Rob has to be on camera. I agree. I agree. And I think that especially especially with the regional bands. Like I remember one time um, there was a regional band. I can't remember where they were from. And uh, I said, okay. They, were, they, want, they had sent me their stuff. I said, it's great. Okay, we'll give you an interview from Rob's. I'm going to have my girl, Agnes, interview you on this date. And then they wrote me back like, uh, Rob, that's cool, man. Thank you so much for supporting us. But we want you to interview us. Yeah. We don't want Agnes. Even though Agnes is part of Rob's bonus, yeah. we don't want Agnes. We want you to interview us. So I think it was at that time that I had the epiphany that what I have done and the people that I have spoken to and uh, interviewed when I interview an unsigned band, a regional band, that by me interviewing them, it legitimizes them. Mm-hmm. And they're Puts like... their stamp of approval. It's, it's like Rob's interviewed mm-hmm. huge names. Mm-hmm. Now he's interviewing us. That gives us a stamp of approval that we are legit... That we are legit. For sure, yeah. And I, I think at the beginning I didn't really realize that. And I think when that, when that band spoke up, and I can't even remember who that was, but I was like, oh, you're right, dude. Okay, I'll interview you myself. And that's what they really wanted. And I think that's why over the last few years I had kind of, well, many years now, had kind of phased other people out from doing interviews with Rob. Because people... People want to see me interview them, especially the regional bands. Yeah. And, Pat, I'm not sure if you're aware, but last year, in 2018, we did 45 interviews in a calendar year. And of those 45, maybe like 30 of the 45 were unsigned regional bands yeah yeah so we really focused and i had said this at the beginning of 2018 that my initiative was to support regional music and to really focus on texas Mm -hmm. not to focus just on big names yeah and i did it and and i did it with the biggest and the and the best that san antonio and texas had to offer Mm. great bands Great bands. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Uh, so I got two more things, and then we'll wrap up. This has been a blast, man. I got to tell you that. Uh, but if you can, you don't have to. We can move on if you don't want. But uh, let's say that the top five people that you haven't interviewed yet that you want to interview on Rob's Metalworks. First and foremost, Dave Mustaine. Yeah. And I, I, I shared this story with you off camera, and I'll share it again. Dave Mustaine of Megadeth is the godfather of thrash metal. Mm-hmm. To me, he is like the totem. There's nobody higher than Dave Mustaine. Nobody. Mm-hmm. You know? And we almost had him. We almost had him. We were <laughs> yeah. scheduled. I think this was like in 2005 or 2006, many years ago. We, uh, they were, we were scheduled to interview Dave Mustaine at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. And uh, the day of the interview, his publicist calls me. And I'm like, oh, no. 
Because when the publicist calls me on the day of the show, like something's fucking wrong. And she says, Rob, Dave Mustaine had to have emergency dental surgery yesterday. And you should have seen the look in my face. I was like, oh, no. And then she says, well, you know, so he can't do the interview today. But you can interview uh, James Lomenzo or (laughs) Sean Drover, the drummer. I can get both of those guys to do the interview for you. So it was either nothing or to interview James and Sean. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'll I'll take James and Sean. I was heartbroken. I was devastated. I was uh, so close. Mm -hmm. So, so close. But I have faith that Dave Mustaine uh, eventually will walk through our doors. And when he does then I can retire uh, with peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that a lot, retiring. Is that, is that, uh, is that a, a nearby goal? Is that a soon-to-be goal? Or is that... What, what's up with retirement, though? Because um, right now, I mean, like, public access, and that, that's a whole different story right now. Like, the show could go on as long as you go on, you know? But yeah. But you, you do have an idea of retiring? I do. I do. You know, um... I do. And, you know, this year, 2019, I had, I, I had announced at the end of last year that I was going to slow down this year. I started, a, I started a master's of education program. I'm a K-12 teacher. And so I started a, a, a MED, and so that's taken a lot of my time and focus and energy. And uh, I told people that, you know, I might come out of the shadows to do a handful of interviews, like, Seriously, a handful, like five or six. And I did my first interview on March 8th with Jakey e. Lee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a second interview on March 22nd with Queensryche. Mm. That's already in the books, and that's going to happen. Um, and then after that, uh, I don't have anything planned. Uh, if I come out of the shadows this year, it'll be for big things. Yeah. Maybe nothing more cradle of filth. Greta Van Fleet, something big, you know. Uh, I'm definitely not doing any regional stuff. Yeah. Or local stuff. I'm not doing that. Mm. Um, I had also said that in 2020 that I would come back vigorously and support San Antonio and regional metal. Yeah. And that is still my plan. Yeah. So for... for 2020, I, I plan to come back and really hit it hard again. Like, again, doing like 40-plus interviews mm-hmm. and focus on San Antonio and Texas metal. So all you bands out there who are listening to this <laughs> podcast, get your shit together. Send Rob your fucking EPs and your demos, your MP3s, and uh, get on our schedule because... I am looking for the biggest and the brightest, and I know there's so many great musicians and bands out there, so send us your stuff. Yeah. Now. Don't wait till 2020. Uh, but at the end of 2020, I think my plan is to retire. That is what I'm seeing now. Wow. After 20, I think at the end of 2020, it'll be 24 years, and uh, <clears throat> I've done my time. Mm-hmm. I've done my time, and I've accomplished more uh, than I had ever anticipated, and um, I want to walk away on top. Yeah. 
For sure. And leave the legacy. You know, the legacy will speak for itself. You know, the legacy will speak for itself. Yeah. And um, that has to be so satisfying to know that, to know that you've already made your mark, but you're still, you're still in it, you know? Because you have. I mean, you're, you're a big, you're, you're a, a milestone for bands themselves. So all that work, I mean, you've already, you made your mark already. Even after Rob's is long and gone, yeah. people will be talking about and, sure. and watching what Rob's has done for sure. long after I'm long gone. Yeah. And, and there's, no better, there's no better testimony to success than that. I told my primo, when we go out, when I pick him up and we're going to a show to interview Jakey e. Lee or, or, or whoever, I tell him, dude, what we're doing tonight... It'll never happen this way again. Yeah. It'll never go down this way again on camera. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing will live on forever. Yeah. Because it, we're capturing it on video yeah. and we're leaving it for people to watch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll watch my old stuff too when, yeah. I, when I'm old. <laughs> A nice thing to look and, back on. And think about those things, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the people that were cool and the people that were not cool, you know? My, my, my plan, though, Pat, is that after I do retire at the end of 2020 or, you know, thereafter, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to retire, but that right now I think that's the plan. Yeah. I could change my mind. But it... If, if I don't retire at the end of 2020, it won't be soon thereafter. But when I eventually do, my plan is to write a book. Wow. Yeah, a picture book. A picture book. A picture book. Yeah. yeah. Like based on Rob's Metalworks or something completely? It's all about Rob's Metalworks. There you the, go. The 25 years of Rob's Metalworks. Man, that's, that would be fucking amazing. I have amazing, so many dude. fucking picture books. I'm going to spill the beans on all the fucking cool people yeah. and all the fucking assholes, too. Of course, man, because what else you got to lose? I don't give a fuck. Exactly. Those fuckers man. don't like me anyway. I don't give a shit. It's <laughs> fucking you great, know? man. So, you know, there's, there's, been, there's lots of cool people out there, man. You know, there's, like I said earlier in this interview, that there's people out there who fucking get it. You know, they get what the music industry is about. Yeah. Then you got musicians who are so fucking wrapped up in, in what they're doing. And I'm going to share something with you. And I'm not going to say his fucking name. Because if I did, it would cause a shitstorm. But there was this guy who released a record, a band, and their guitar player, who's like this virtuoso guy, very well respected in, in the local scene. And I said, man, let's fucking interview, dude. I want to help you promote your record. He was so negative about his own work. He's like, I don't, I don't have anything good to say about what I'm doing. And I'm like, dude, if you, don't, if you feel that way, I understand. You know, maybe it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the people have to know that. Yeah. That doesn't mean the people have to feel your pain. We can still promote this record. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to do it. And I'm like, dude, I just, I just don't understand it. Yeah. I just don't understand it. It's like me coming here tonight. Mm-hmm. It's like me coming here tonight with you. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of you before. Yeah. 
barbacoa core. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, this guy wants to talk to me. Yeah, I'll talk to him yeah. and share with him, um, meet him, mm. build a relationship with him. Um, and then now, you know, I don't regret that decision because of all the things that you shared about uh, how you felt about Rob's tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I tell, I tell my students, I'm a teacher. I don't know if I told you that tonight. Mm-hmm. I tell my students these words of wisdom. Life's a risk, Karna. Mm-hmm. That's funny, man. But you got you got to understand, like you were supposed to be like when I started the podcast, I was like, oh, let me shoot an email to to Rob, and then I wrote it, and then I was like, nah, never mind. I've inter- I've invited you in my mind. I invited you to the show at least four times. Oh God! It was the last time that took. And you're like, come on, man, let's set a, let's set a date. And I was like, this guy wants to do my podcast, <laughs> so I appreciate it very much. Thanks. Uh, so two more things. So you have a, a, a Rob's Metalworks showcase, right? Or you had one going on in El Paso? Is that is that a, a running thing, or was that a one time thing? Or I think you had like two or three of those. Good question. Really good question. The Rob's Metalworks showcase are events that I put on, mm-hmm. and Back in the heyday of Rob's, like two, in, the, in the 2003, 2005, 2006, we did showcases here in San Antonio. Yeah. Rob's showcases, yeah. Oh, wow. And I always made him something very special. Mm-hmm. Now, the, you know, this is a show, a, a concert. Mm-hmm. But because it was a Rob show, because it was always going to be something special. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the very first Rob showcase that we did was the reunion of Watchtower. Oh, wow. Very legendary band. Mm-hmm. The second showcase was like the reunion of Hellstar. Then the next showcase was Solitude Eternus, mm-hmm. which is a very legendary doom metal band out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Always something cool, always something that you're not going to see every weekend. Uh-huh. Now, the premise of the Rob Showcase was that all the bands that play the showcase are going to get interviewed by Rob's that night. Uh-huh. So that's the, the cool thing, like... So, yeah, we have the cool headliner, you know, you don't see this. And then we have the supporting bands, maybe local bands. But all these bands are going to get interviewed by Rob's that night. Yeah. Yeah. So so you get to promote your record and Mm -hmm. talk about your band and blah, blah, blah. And we did that in San Antonio. Like I said, I think I went until 2006. And uh, again, Pat, realize... I didn't do these shows to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, promoters are out there trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's a tough business. You're not making money. Nobody's fucking getting rich. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll share with you a little quick story. Well, not a quick story, but just a little quick uh, laughable moment. I remember at the end of one of my showcases, I think it was the last showcase. 
and I promised all the bands, I'm going to give you money, I'm going to pay you. Mm-hmm. And I paid him. Paid the club, paid the White Rabbit. And I think at the end, after I paid everybody, I walked away with one dollar. And I remember I had one dollar in my hand. And I told my guy at that time, his name was Andy, he was one of my road crew, one of my crew guys. Mm -hmm. I said, take this dollar and go buy me a Coca-Cola at the soda machine. Mm -hmm. And he went and bought me the soda at the soda machine and brought it back to me and I drank the fuck out of that Coca-Cola. And that was it. Wow. For months and months of work. Mm -hmm. But, again, I'm not doing this to make money. Now, El Paso is a city that has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And that initially, initially started because of the Pissing Razors, mm-hmm. uh, a band that I've promoted uh, for many years. And I have a lot of connections out there. A lot of people love Rob's Metalworks out there. And uh, the guy, one of the guys who used to sing for many bands out there, Wick Warburn, and the Cowboys from El Paso, this guy named uh, Matt Martinez, who owns a rock uh, club out there uh, called The Rock House. And uh, he was like, Rob, let's do a Rob showcase out here again. We did two Rob showcases in El Paso that were historical. And if you go online, you can catch footage of that stuff. And so this past summer last year, uh, we did our, our third Rob's Showcase in El Paso. Mm. It's crazy. Uh, lots of people showed up. Again, we interviewed all the bands, great bands from El Paso. Uh, I remember Byron Davis from God Forbid was out there. We interviewed him, mm. that, which was totally impromptu. And uh, it was an amazing night. And I remember, and I'll share this little story with you. I remember the day of the Rob showcase, I was dead. Like, I, was, I thought I was dead tired. Because the <laughs> night before, I had partied with Joe uh, Razor, the singer from the Pissing Razors. Uh-huh. He took me out partying, and it got brutal. <laughs> so the next day, I woke up feeling horrible. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, my God, I got to do, like, 10 interviews today and I'm beat. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he beat me up pretty good on Friday, but on Saturday we did it. We got, uh, I have a good friend of mine out there who works for the El Paso Times named Sam Gaetan who did my videography for me that night and uh, we knocked it out Mm -hmm. and then I came home on Sunday. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'd love to do another uh, showcase in San Antonio Mm -hmm. if I felt the energy was right. You know, San Antonio metal scene is a very... It's fickle. changed a lot. It's changed a lot. It's very divisive and, and fickle. And, um, you know, sometimes I just don't feel that people's hearts are in the right place. No, I get that, yeah. You know, and, and, and if I met the right people and the right bands and, and I felt the time was right, then, then maybe I would do another one. Yeah. Before I retire. I was just gonna. But say, again, it would have to be like something really cool and special. Yeah. Yeah. Like make make it a big event. Yeah. For Rob's Metal Works. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I will share this too. And I told you, I promised you before we even got on there, I was gonna give you some some little special pieces of information. <clears throat> we may be doing it, uh, a music event, not not uh, a formal event like uh, what we've been seeing in the media right now, mm-hmm. but like a music event, a show. 
at the Institute of Texas Cultures. That was going to be my last question. Yeah. So what's going on that Roswell Works is teaming up with the Institute of Texas Cultures? Yeah. Let's get into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Take a swig. Yeah. Um, I think many people are aware that the Institute of Texas Cultures did like this uh, celebration of 80s metal back in October. Mm. And it was a cool event. It was well publicized. And lots. We, my, my Jessica and I went out there and uh, it was packed. Lots of fans were out there. And they had a music panel, a panel of people up there that this guy that we don't, none of us knew, this guy named Dr. Gregory Peake, uh, who obviously is an educated PhD, who has done a long study on, quote, unquote, uh, the heavy metal capital of the world. And on his panel, he had a lot of radio people, like Lou Roney and, and uh, all these other guys from the radio industry. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about 80s metal. And it was cool. You know, they were talking about, you know, the impact of Rush and Joe Anthony and, and all these bands that made it big here in our town, like Budgie and Triumph and Judas Priest. And I was at the back. And I wasn't disgruntled, but I felt, you know, like there's the grassroots component of mm-hmm. that whole scene is missing here. Yeah. And that is really where it all started. And I was standing next to an uh, old uh, wizard vocalist, this guy named Buster Grant, very legendary guy in our scene. And he's talking to me. He's he's upset. He's like, Rob, what about the San Antonio musicians who built the scene? Wizard, Cyrus, you know, uh, Hellstar, Militia, all these bands. Rob, what about us? And I said, I know, man. I know. I hear you. I feel you. I agree with you. So, you know. It was it was a formal thing. It was very formal. And thereafter, I remember I posted a photo of the event and I made a comment that shared that gesture. Mm-hmm. And the director from the Institute of Texas Cultures, this guy named Lyndon Garrett, the director of the whole shit, wrote me, and he says, Rob, I understand how you feel. This is just one side of it. Yeah. My hope is to get the other side of it, too. Well, to make a long story short, he and I are going to deliver that other side. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the summer, I cannot release the date just yet. In the summer, Rob's Metalworks and the Institute of Texas Cultures is getting together to deliver the grassroots musicians' side of it. And we are going to have a panel of killer musicians. Musicians that you have not seen on other panels Mm -hmm. um, out there. 
Um, hopefully some big names are going to be part of that panel. I cannot yet divulge, but mm -hmm. these are guys who have made it on the national scene too. So we are working on it. There's going to be live entertainment. Like, I mean, bands are going to be there. In the Institute of Technical? In the Institute of Technical. Oh, There's going to be a fucking band playing metal there. Dude. Yeah, it's going to be killer. <laughs> it's going to be killer. I had a meeting today with Garrett. And uh, Gall, Roy Gall, who is the audio guy. And it's going to be a magnificent thing. Yeah. More details are going to be coming out. Um, it's going to be big. And just like a Rob Showcase, it's going to be big, unprecedented, and amazing. So I would encourage everyone out there to come out. Yeah. Yeah. The date is coming soon. That's great, man. Let me know as soon as you get that date, and I'll, I'll push it, I'll promote it uh, on this podcast, on my platforms and all that stuff. Patrick, I want you to be out there, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bring for sure. all your stuff and do interviews, do whatever you want to do. I'll hook you up with, with anybody you want oh, to talk to. I'm not going to work, man. I'm going to have fun. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, maybe I'll work. Well, maybe I'll work. Work a little bit, Pat. Uh, Rob, this has been great, man. I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to come come out. I mean, you know how it is, you know. Uh, when you set up interviews and stuff. Yeah. Real quick before we wrap up, uh, any shout outs or, or plug all your social media. How can people find you? Where can people find you? Like put all that out there. Yeah. So, you know, we're on Facebook and, and I love Instagram too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not good at Twitter. I'm hopefully going to get my primo to take over my Twitter account. <laughs> I, I'm not good at Twitter, but, you know, you know, you can follow us, look for us. Um, I'm pretty active on Facebook. I like to stay, you know, share with people with what's going on. Uh, always pertinent information. And, of course, you know, look for information on, on some of the interviews that we'll be doing this year. And, uh, obviously, the event that's happening at the Institute of Texas Cultures. That's going to be really, really big. So I hope everybody's going to come out and support that. Um, other than that, you know, I just want to tell people out there, you know, we're all, we're all getting old, and uh, we're all going to leave this world sooner or later. So, uh, you know, live life, be happy, um, try to bring something positive into the people around you, and, you know, take it day by day. Take it day by day, because life is too fucking short. How many people have we lost this year? And yeah. I'm not even talking about in our personal lives. It's, in, in, in the public life, you yeah. know, people are dying left and right, you know, and it's one of, one of the things that I've had to come to grips with is like, you know, I'm fucking 48 years old, you know, I'm not a young cat anymore, and if you're going to do something, be legit, man, and, and, and all you got in this world is your word and, and, your, and your integrity and, and, you know, keep a little bit of pride, but don't fucking swallow, you know, be able to swallow some of your pride sometime when mm -hmm. you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, be happy, be happy, yeah. be happy, because I think there's too many people out there that are vindictive and, and you know, I, I, know you, you, I know you're trying to get your own and that's good. People want to get their own, but do it the fucking right way, you know, work hard. Yeah. Don't cut corners, fucking work hard. Yeah. And if I may say, I remember, I remember like a year ago, I don't know, maybe a year ago, there was, there was, you know, speaking of, you know, some of the 80s metal there was this cover. I don't. I'm sure you saw it. It was a cover on the SA Current, and it was about '80s metal. Is San Antonio still the heavy metal capital of the world? Mm. Blah blah. And there was so much backlash. Yeah. 
about that cover mm. and about the question at hand. And there were so many young bands who were upset that, you know, the, that that era in San Antonio still receives so much recognition and respect and that maybe we're not getting that recognition and respect for what's happening in San Antonio now. Mm-hmm. And I read everybody's comments and I read everybody's, you know, posts and, and I felt compelled to say something and I have to, I guess, as a, as a person in the scene. And all I said was, everybody... Don't complain. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Work hard. And stay strong. Mm -hmm. And and maintain your longevity. Mm -hmm. And your time will come. Yeah. Your respect will come. Yeah. Don't stop working. Don't bitch and complain about what's happening. Stick to your guns. Stick what you believe in. And just work hard. Mm-hmm. And, and stay true. And don't stop. Yeah. And again, you know, by posting negative comments or bitching and complaining, you're not building relationships by doing that. Yeah. People are saying like, oh, that dude's an ass. Yeah. That chick's a bitch. You know, you're not building relationships by doing that. Stay positive. Yeah. You know, and again, I cannot stress to everyone out there, whether it's you, Pat, someone in the media, or me, or a musician, or a promoter, this business, what we do, is all about relationships Mm -hmm. and maintaining strong bonds with people. Mm -hmm. Because you never know, you never fucking know when you're going to need help from that person. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you come to them and say, hey, Rob, can you come do this for us? I'm like, fuck yeah, Pat. I love you, man. You're cool, bro. I'll fucking do anything for you. Yeah. Versus like someone like, oh, man, that dude's a jackass. Yeah. I ain't doing shit for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. For sure, And man. those are the fucking people. That's why people like ask, like, how did, how did that band get this show? Yeah. How did... How did this person get that interview? Yeah. I've been trying to be on Rob's for years. Why am I not doing it? Yeah. Cause you're a fucking asshole, dude. Yeah. Okay. That's the whole jealousy thing. You waste your energy on that, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not. It's not. It's about good vibes, positive, positive energy, you know, focusing on, 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 on what's right. Yeah. You know, help me help you. Yeah. But, you know, you're not helping me help you if you're not a good dude. Yeah. I'm saying. I get you. Yeah. One more time, man. Thank you again for doing this. Uh, it means a lot to me. And uh, I've never asked anybody to do this to me, do this before, but can you do the sign-off as if you were closing out of Rob's Metal Works? I, I shall. I shall. Everyone out there, thank you very much for tuning in to the Barbacoa Core <laughs> Show tonight. The man Patrick is here interviewing Moi, Rob's Metalworks, it was my great honor to be here with the man to discuss all of the beautiful things happening in our city. Please continue to tune in to his podcast. He is a good guy. 
I love him, and he will stay close to my heart. Do not forget to tune in to our social media. Lots of beautiful things coming up with the ITC with Rob's Motorworks. That event is coming up in the summer. Yes, we are continuing to work slowly but surely. Everyone, remember, you are listening to the Barbacoa Show with Patrick and Rob's here tonight. Tune in. Have a good night. We'll see you soon. Latest.